Hello everybody, welcome to One Drink, the podcast where we talk about one topic for one drink. I'm Oliver. I'm Matthew. And today on our history show, we are featuring facts from October 18th mm-hmm. to October 24th. As well, of course, mm-hmm. our personal favorite, Metal of Ops. Gotta do them. Yeah. And, you know, Mondays are my favorite day of the week. Because we here get to um, let people know about just the crazy history that yeah. they didn't know about. Yep. And speaking of that, we're going to go to October 18th, 1930. Ooh, okay. Joseph Sylvester becomes the first jockey to win seven races in one day. Huh? In one day. So this He raced seven times in a day. Yeah. And his horse won seven times. He raced on the same horse? Yes. Oh my God, that poor horse. That horse is a beast. Yeah. But, um... And still, he's the only jockey to do it to this day, only because they don't There's have limits now on yeah. like how many times you exactly. can race. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. Seven wow. races. He's like, all right. He just Guy's loops the goat. Around. He hits the goat. He's the goat. Loops around. He gets back in the thing. He's like, <laughs> race two. Zoom. Zoom. Win. <laughs> so yes, Joseph Sylvester. Golly. Is the goat of horse. The goat. The bottom line. The GOAT. Until someone does this, yeah. until I see this happen, yeah. this guy will forever be the best job. The GOAT of the GOATs. Ever. Yeah. For so sure. Let's make that happen. Let's somehow. go, Sylvester. Some way. Love it. All right, I'm going to take us to October 19th, 1781. Oh. Um, as their band played The World Turned Upside Down, the British Army marched out in formation and surrendered to the Americans at Yorktown. More than 7,000 British and Haitian troops, led by British General Lord Cornwallis, surrendered to General George Washington. There he is. The war between Britain and its American colonies was effectively ended. The final peace treaty was signed in Paris on September 3rd, Mm. 1783. I mean, there he is again. Dude, how puffed up (laughs) would you feel... If you were in George Washington, uh, right, and you're standing there like this, mm-hmm. watching these red coat dicks yeah. march out to you and officially surrender. They're like, I give up. And you're just like this. We won. GW. And standing there yeah. at the front of the line. It's just it's good old GW. That guy, I mean, man. It's a gangster. He is the father. He's just the man, dude. He's the guy, dude. He's the guy. I wonder how many, I mean... He, he, you know, and there's no way he could have been a dick either. You know what I mean? He was probably just a nice, polite... He's probably just just the man. But when he had to... When he had throw to, down. Yeah, he threw was, down. He was... Yeah. He wasn't the GW everyone knew. Right. But, dude, I'm telling you, he must have had so many... Women back then. <laughs> he didn't have to do anything. He right. was just, Hi, what's your name? George Washington. Oh my god! <laughs> and that was it. I went like this with his hair and <laughs> oh, this. Did that dude, wig on that wig? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> that's awesome. All right, we're gonna go to October twentieth, nineteen forty-seven. Uh, radio rights for the World Series sell for $475,000 for three years. It's a lot of money, obviously. In 1947. 1947. Yeah, but now, now, 
we're talking these TV deals are billions. Yeah. Billions of dollars. Yep. And for me, I don't even know. Like, baseball is just boring. Yep. You know? So Yeah, dude. Especially on the radio. On the radio. Ugh. God. He swings. Strike. And a miss. And then he gets a ball. And uh, the... Oh. It's still taking forever. But, uh... What do you got? So $475,000 in 1947. (laughs) In today's money, that's $5.8 billion. Yes. What a difference. Yeah. I love those calculations, by the way. I got to look them up all the time. I should have this this website bookmarked. (laughs) Figure out how much money it is. But yeah, just even like the football rights are huge. The basketball. Dude, just commercials during the Super Bowl go for millions and millions of dollars for 30 seconds. I know. 30 seconds, dude. Oh, that's crazy. And some of them are good, but some of them are just. Some of them are whack. Save your money. Some of them are whack. I'll tell you, I remember some of the stupid ones more than I remember the good ones. Right. Yeah. And I watch, I don't, people are like, I watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. I'm like, nah. I watch the Super Bowl for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Bowl. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Like, the commercials are like an entertaining part of it. Yeah. You know? But I watch it because it's the Super Bowl. Bowl. I'm not not like, oh, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl of commercials. Especially the halftime shows. I mean, some of them are. Dude, some of them are so whack. Like, who, who's the person that sits there and is like, watches the rehearsal and they're like, yeah, this is going to be This it. is good. Mm-hmm. No. This, we should do a show on halftime Super Bowl shows. Fire. We should. Before the Super Bowl? Yeah. Like a week before the Super Bowl? Yeah. yeah best and the, the worst. The, yeah. Or the worst of the worst. <laughs> yeah. We should do the worst of the worst. <laughs> yup. Uh, and commercials of all time. Super Bowl com- yeah. Worst Super Bowl commercials of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're doing that. Yep. We're doing that 100%. 100%. All right, I'm going to take us to October 21st, 1879. Oh. This is arguably, other than George Washington, the second most important American that there's ever been. Mm-hmm. Thomas Edison. Indeed. Successfully tested an electric incandescent lamp uh, with a carbonized filament at his laboratory in Menlo Park, New Jersey, keeping it lit for over 13 hours. It's huge. Yep. Huge. Yeah. And everybody knows that he tried and failed... Yep. Thousands of times before he, he actually got it right. Um, that's commitment. That is. That's commitment. Because let me try. Let me tell you something. I, I fail at something like <clears throat> four or five times. You're like, eh, And I'm done. I'm I, like, don't nah. think, I don't think I'm going to get this. Right. <laughs> I should do something else. Right. But he knew. Right. In his mind. He, he was knew like, he was going to get I'm it. I'm so close to just yep. where I got to be. Yep. All right. We're going to go to October... 22nd, 1979. Um, only eight years since Magic Kingdom opened. Okay. At 1032 at Mickey Mouse, welcomed the Magic Kingdom's 100th millionth visitor. Eight-year-old Kurt Miller from Kingston, uh, Maryland. He received a lifetime pass from Mickey and Walt Disney World Vice President Bob Allen. <laughs> so he walks in. Not even. Now he's got a lifetime pass. 100 million visitor in 1979. Well, so we saw, let's see, so we did some, some minor calculations. Yes. Yeah. Very minor. Um, about Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been over, what did it say now, 250 million? Over. 
visits yeah. since then, and that number, who knows if that's right or not. It's and this is more. just Magic Kingdom. Right. So, what was it? Uh, we found that the average... <clears throat> the ticket price was 100 Ticket price average is 100 bucks. Yeah. Um, we found that on average, mm-hmm. per day... Per day. Saying it's 250 over yeah. the last 50 years... Yeah. Per day, that comes out to about 13,700 visitors a day. A day. And there's got to be points in the year where it's closed or it's, you know... Yeah. There's got to be some, you know, whatever. But then weekends, you know... But that averages out to $1.4 million a day. Uh, right. Just in ticket prices. Yeah. Just for tickets. That doesn't include the concession stands and no. all this other shit that they sell. And the $20 Mickey hats and, like, all this crap. And then, so the capacity <laughs> is what, 50, what did it say, 57,000 yeah. is the, is the, the max. legal capacity that you can have in yeah. there. If they're full, you're talking almost $6 million that they make just in ticket sales if the park is full. Yeah. And that, again, is just Magic Kingdom. It's right. not Disney World. It's not yeah. um, Orlando, whatever. Right. Just Magic Kingdom. <laughs> just Magic Kingdom. Nuts. Dude. Just boatloads of money. Boatloads of money. Getting dropped off. Yep. We just dump this here. Just keep bagging in. You have a warehouse <laughs> where we can put this cash. Oh, you don't? Okay. But I have no I I have never been there. I have been there. So you're one of them. I'm a statistic. How cool would it have been if you would have got that? Oh, or dude. even like the just two hundred million. Well, you know? That's sweet. And you're just like, yo, dude, I I can go for life. I am kinda of bummed though that that's all they gave that kid is just a lifetime pass. Right. And I can I can guarantee you, I mean, maybe he did go back. He didn't go back. Unless he has kids. That's the only way I could see that guy going back. Yeah, but it's only for him. <laughs> he gets the pass. <laughs> right. Why not give me a pass for me and my family forever? Right. Uh, like a, uh, it's not like y'all don't have the money <laughs> to give out you know, a couple free tickets. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Yeah. It would been cool if that included like three other passes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, crazy... Crazy yep. facts right there. Yep. Disney. And now that's... They only gave him 100 bucks. <laughs> Pretty like much. Like every time he goes. Even if he went twice a year, what's it cost them? $200? Yeah. Like that's the best that they could come up with? But it's not for life. It sounds so... Yeah, to an eight-year-old. Right. Yeah, oh, then, my then God! He, then he turns 15 and he's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? He's like, Magic Kingdom sucks. Right. <laughs> Why don't they just give him like, you know, $100 million? <laughs> right. Oh. Or $100,000. <clears> dollars <throat> Yeah, so I've never been there. I think I've been to the Orlando one. But. Universal. And that's why Disney, Disney pretty much owns everything. Yeah, dude. Disney, if Amazon, make, and Google. If you take make over the world. that much money in one day, just off, 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 just off of just one... T- tickets. Just tickets. Man. Now, what's there? Like, rides, I get. Yeah, rides and attractions and... Just Disney. It doesn't right? matter. They're making all this money. They could put fucking Jeez. big old fart emojis everywhere and there'd be yeah, people yeah. go to see it. I can't wait to go. Right. It's going to be great. Can we take a picture with the poop emoji? <laughs> it's got a Mickey Mouse hat on. So cool. So dumb. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, all right. <clears throat> let's get into some Metal of let's Honor. Let's do it. Let's get into some Metal of Honor. I'm going to kick us off. With Corporal Anthony uh, Casamento, mm. U.S. Marines, World War II, um, for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving with Company D, 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, 1st Marine Div- Division on uh, Guadalcanal in the British Solomon Islands 
in action against Japanese forces on 1st November 1941. Mm -hmm. uh, serving as leader of a machine gun section, uh, Corporal Casamento, 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 all right, I got it, uh, directed his unit to advance along a ridge um, near the Matanikau River. Mm. Matana, Matanikau, Matanikau, Matanikau River, sure, uh, where they engaged the enemy. He positioned his section to provide covering fire for two flanking units and to provide direct support for the main force of his company, which was behind him. During the course of his engagement, all members of his section were either killed or severely wounded, and he himself suffered multiple grievous wounds. Damn. Nonetheless, Corporal Casamento continued to provide critical supporting fire for the attack and in, um, and in defense of his position. Following the loss of all effective personnel, he set up, loaded, and manned his unit's machine gun, wow. uh, tenaciously holding the enemy forces at bay. Corporal Casamento single-handedly engaged and destroyed one enemy machine gun emplacement to his front and took under fire the other emplacement on the flank. Despite the heat and ferocity of the engagement, he continued to man his weapon and reportedly repulsed multiple enemy assaults um, yes. by the enemy uh, by the uh, incoming forces, thereby protecting the flanks and the adjoining companies and holding his position until the arrival of his men. Uh, of his main attacking force. So this dude took on the whole force. Yeah, pretty much. Solo. <clears throat> kept him at bay. Yeah. Kept his main force safe so that they could yeah. come in. Corporal Casamento's wow. uh, courageous fighting spirit, heroic conduct, and unwavering dedication to duty reflected great credit upon him. Upon and him upon himself, and were in keeping with the highest traditions of the Marine Corps and the United States Naval Service. Wow. What a gangster, dude. Can you imagine that? All of your guys die. Right. That are supposed to be in position to hold off while your main... I, yeah. P platoon or whatever gets into position. And now you are You're solo. the only thing standing between them and yeah. us. Man. And those machine guns back in the day mm. were supposed to be manned by three people. Oh, and he just... There was a guy feeding, all those big a ones. guy loading, yeah, and then yeah, a guy yeah. shooting. Okay. So, like, they they weren't meant for one person. Right. You know what I'm saying? Good. And they're giving off heat and just... You know what I mean? And then you got to undo the thing. you got to... Put another Do belt they, in there. you got to slap it down. Yeah, you got to... Yeah. Then you got to get back behind it. And then you got to freaking yeah. shoot it. Like... And he did it himself. Solo. While standing around all of his dead friends. Yeah. Jeez. You talk about resolve, dude, and courage, bro. It's, he, he was like, you take my men out. I'm going to fuck you take, all up. I'm taking you all up. Yep, all of them. Bottom and he line. held back all of them. Man. Can you imagine how frustrating and scary that would have been at, from the enemy's point of view? Oh, yeah. To know that there's one guy Just, and you can't take out one guy? Yeah. That's crazy. Good story. That instills fear into the enemy. Yeah. That's crazy. Great story. All right, so we're going to go to World War II, U.S. Army, Walter J. Will. Walter Will. Walter Will, WW. Double dub. Double dub. I like it. <laughs> he displayed conspicuous gallantry during an attack on powerful enemy positions. He courageously exposed himself to withering hostile fire to rescue two wounded men, and then, although painfully wounded himself, 
made a third trip to carry another soldier to safety from an open area. Ignoring the profuse bleeding of his wound, he uh, gallantly led men into the platoon forward until they were pinned down by murderous flanking fire um, from two enemy machine guns. He fearlessly crawled alone to within 30 feet of the first enemy position, killed the crew of four, and silenced the gun with accurate grenade fire. He continued to crawl through intense enemy fire to within 20 feet of the second position, where he leaped to his feet, made a lone, uh, fiercest charge, um, and then captured the gun and nine-man crew. So, so he was, yeah, so he was shot, wounded, bleeding, crawling, and then he just got this, the energy, got up, and, and took out nine dudes. Took out nine dudes. Bam. Observing another platoon pinned down by two more German machine guns, he led a squad of the flanking um, on a flanking approach, and rising to his knees and in, in face of direct fire, coolly and coolly and deliberately lobbed three grenades at Germans, silencing one gun and killing its crew. So now he's tossing grenades. Which Crazy, is, yeah. Um, he's just crawling from machine gun nest <laughs> yeah. to machine gun nest. With, with tenacious aggressiveness, he ran toward another gun and knocked it out of. Out with grenade fire. He then returned to his platoon and led <coughs> led it to a fierce, inspired charge, forcing the enemy to fall back in confusion. So the enemy was just like, "What is going right, on? What is happening?" <laughs> Little do they know that it's one guy. <laughs> yeah, just oh Jesus. Uh, Lieutenant Will was mortally wounded in his last action, but his heroic leadership, indomitably courage, and unflinching devotion to duty. Live of the perpetual inspiration to all those who witnessed his deeds. Dang. You know, there's been several stories that we've heard that are similar to this one where guys go solo Mm -hmm. with nothing but grenades and a pistol at these machine gun nests. Right. And take out multiple. And taking them out. And one of them had nine people in it. Nine. He was like, you know what? See ya. Dude, these guys, these enemies were probably like, what the fuck? is happening yeah our military where's all our machine guns <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> you know what i mean this guy took out like six of them uh holy crap wild shot wild shot wild couldn't walk but then right and, and he's, he's leading, like well screw it i'll just crawl yeah and then he's still saving his men when he sees them right and then he goes <laughs> back and then leads the charge and then leads a charge <sighs> savage heroes literally Hero. The literal definition of a hero. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But anyways, guys, don't forget, you can check out more of these amazing stories every single Monday on our history shows, as well as our full-length shows every Wednesday, both on Facebook and YouTube. Don't Mm -hmm. forget to hit that subscribe button. Click on the bell notification to be the first ones notified when our new episodes hit. Yeah. And we got a cool show coming up Wednesday. Yes, Halloween's coming up. Yeah. Got our Halloween special for this year. Yeah. On crazy cemeteries. Yeah. Crazy haunted cemeteries. So it's going to be a good one. Be ready for that. Yeah, for sure. And until next time. See ya. Cheers. What's up, guys? Matt and Oliver here from One Drink Podcast. And today we have a special shout out. Yes. So if you are out and about in Rochester and we see you wearing one of Alex's shirts, hoodies, anything, we will buy you one drink. We'll take a picture. Yep. And share the on both social media. Yeah. yeah. And both Gods and Gladiators and One Drink Podcast. Yeah. Share the love. Share the love.